0: hello and welcome to another edition of the end zone podcast my name is eric jensen joined today by good friend as always and co-host bradford sonnenberg but today i am very excited because as promised i i I believe bradford i've been teasing this for a few months now really since the the end of the draft it is that time of year it is mid-june hope rings eternal for guys like me who like the Denver Broncos and Bradford can shake his head all he wants but this is the Broncos Sickos podcast and of course I had to get a fellow Broncos Sicko and of course it is Christian Esparza from his own sports network and just an all-around good guy how you doing Christian welcome I see you wearing your Von Miller jersey very very cool I have got my uh, I've got my uh, I've got my t-shirt on I've got my my throwback logo hat i uh, I hope you are as ready as I am to talk ourselves into 10 wins i I really do think by the end of the day we could do it we could talk ourselves into 10 wins
1: <laughs> if there's one skill I have in life Eric it's talking myself into the Broncos being a 10 win team every season um I no I'm super stoked and yeah I this is Funny enough, I mean, obviously, Von Miller's not on the Broncos anymore, but I'm too scared to buy a new jersey because they're in such an awkward spot with their roster. It's like anybody that you could possibly think, it's like, are they going to be on the team within two years, you know? So yeah. it's like jersey, Yeah, t- tell me about it. <laughs> right. I mean, I I made. I almost did buy a Russ jersey,
0: but it's made, like yeah, made the mistake of buying a Russell Wilson jersey almost as soon as he got traded. So that that was no. I'm
1: I'm super stoked to to get into it, and I I am really excited because last year obviously was super disappointing, and it kind of was a kick of realism, you know. Um, so I I feel like this season I'm going into it. uh more level-headed than i have in years past so i'm i'm pumped to talk about it
0: yeah i i am excited as well i did also just want to touch base you know your busiest time of year is is coming up in about uh two months uh college football season is almost here i hope you're enjoying a you know obviously now with the fact that the radio station has rsl dead season does not exist anymore really but it's a little bit calmer a little bit cooler in the summer everyone's a little bit more laid back but i just have one very simple question for you what is the thing in the state of utah that you are most hyped about watching college football lives when we finally get to that august 31st uh utah florida kickoff date and we get the 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 action around the state underway
1: i think one thing that's been um as far as you know what i've heard secondhand through you know people who are saying that they're talking to coach Whittingham or whatever i believe it was hands the other day mentioned that coach Whittingham is actually more excited about this year's team than he was last year's team which is really interesting i mean back to back uh pack 12 championship wins, Rose Bowl appearances, and then they lost some talent in the draft. Obviously, Kincaid, um and, and then the corner. And it's like Clark Phillips. Sorry, I totally blanked his name for a second. But it's like it's hard to believe that they could be even better this year. So we'll see if that's just coach talk or if that's something that could come to fruition. But also obviously BYU being in the big 12 Everybody's so stoked for that, and even if it's going to be kind of a rough first season, I think that's it's huge for BYU. It's huge for the state of Utah, and as somebody who's impartial to you know the Cougars and the Utes, I'm excited for both programs. I think they they both have a lot to look forward to, at least um, right now in the summer before realism hits in the fall.
0: Absolutely, Bradford. My uh, college football question for you is this. If every I and I think I can do this this year, if every month I look at the schedule and I come through and I pick two games every month, can you find a way to try and watch two football game college football games a month just to see if you like it? I'll, and I'll pick the best games. I won't make you watch Utah all the time. I'll pick some Caleb Williams games. You know, I'll pick some SEC games. You know, I'll, I'll pick these good games big games for you rivalry week. I'll pick Michigan, Ohio state and Alabama Auburn. I'll, I'll get you all the big rivalries. Uh, can we get you to watch, let's say eight college football games
2: this year? I'm not closed off to the idea. I want to be clear with college football for me. It's not an enjoyment problem. I enjoy football in a lot of forms, even it's lesser forms. Even today, I'm going to a CFL game. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to, I'm willing to make sacrifices, but, uh, I don't know if I can fully commit, but I, for me, it's, it's simply with college football. It's simply just like at a certain point, I don't have the time to be into another sport. You know, like, oh, my God, like my life already is pretty filled up by watching – well, it was pretty filled up by watching like right now right now I would say I have a good three main sports that I follow, right? And I follow basketball kind of casually as well. So it's like you throw another sport in the rotation and it's like, oh my goodness, it's just consuming my entire life. But I will I, I will be open to watching some college games. I I will not promise Eric I don't want to break your heart, you know. But uh I will do my best.
0: All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see How the Utah State stuff plays out, obviously very different defense, feels like they lost a lot of people, feels like the coaching staff's kind of decimated I don't trust Cooper Lagaud as a passer. Just watch too much Cooper Lega to believe in Cooper Lagaud.
1: Oh yeah, so, Utah State's gonna be in for a really really rough season.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how that plays out because I'm a little bit of a Mount West sicko at this point. So yeah, you have uh, to be. So uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what ends up happening there. All right, with that, let's get to the piece this resistance here. Let's let's get to it, Broncos sickos podcast. I hereby um, ratify this Broncos... Well, that's not the right word. I hereby call this Broncos sickos meeting to order. Welcome, Christian, fellow sicko. Um, Let's just start with a simple question. Um, Unrealistic expectations versus realistic expectations. I will go first. Yeah, for me, unrealistic expectation. They have a winning record this year. I I think nine wins or better have a winning record this year. You said that's unrealistic. Maybe potentially. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, because we say that every year, and then every year they they fall apart because yeah. they get either they become the most injured team in the NFL or but quarterback play suffers or the coaching's bad. Realistic expectation. And I looked this up. I swear to God, I looked this up, Christian. On average, over the past, how many years has it been since Pay Manning Now I believe it's seven. Over the past seven years, I will give you a guess. What is the average amount of times per game that the Denver Broncos have punted?
1: Oh, geez. Per game?
0: Six? It is nine and a half. Holy guacamole. (laughs) So, um, realistic expectation. Punt seven or less times per game. I I think that, for the offense at least, would make them watchable, which – let's just be honest here. Uh, and you can tell me if I'm dead wrong, but they have not been watchable since like the year before Peyton Manning fell off, basically. No,
1: yeah, not consistently. No, they've had some flashes, they've had some entertaining weeks, but on a consistent level, no, especially not last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that for me, those are my two sets of expectations this year. Just be like, Watchable on offense, which I can quantify as punt seven or less times a game, and unrealistically finally have a winning record for the first time in like eight years, which yeah. which feels like kind of a, a pipe dream, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know.
1: Well, so winning record would be nine and eight, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a very realistic expectation for me. Um, It may be a little a titch optimistic and we'll get a little bit more into it when we look at the schedule, but it's like, I don't know. Um, Last season, number one, they had a a hard schedule last year. Um, Number two, they had just about as much go wrong as possibly can. They had one of the worst first year head coaches ever. Um, people don't realize how how hard that is for a team to overcome, especially a team that you know, they're the Broncos. They've been in a weird transition stage for the last few years. So it's not like they have the surplus of talent that can overcome bad coaching. So number one, last year, their coach really held them back. Number two, they were the most injured team in the league or definitely you know, one of the top three most injured teams in the league. um and not just injuries, but like key players were injured and missed a lot of time. So those two things right there really, really held the Broncos back. Um, I think the defense held them in games that maybe they shouldn't have been in. For example, the 49ers game. I was so surprised that they they won that game. Um, but anyways, I, I think the Broncos with Sean Payton, um, a winning record is, is what they should be shooting for. Unreal, unrealistic expectations. I'll say playoffs um because the AFC is so deep i i don't think it's realistic to sit here and say that the broncos are going to make the playoffs but you know if you want to be optimistic and say yeah if some things roll roll their way this year um obviously there are always going to be teams dealing with injuries maybe it's a team other than the broncos that's injured maybe that helps the broncos get in the playoffs so realistically we're looking at a winning record Um, expectation wise, unrealistically, we're looking at playoff contention. So we'll see how things go once the season wraps up.
0: All right. We now throw to our foil slash resident, uh, enemy of fun slash chiefs fan, uh, Bradford Sonnenberg, after you're hearing that Bradford, what are your main takeaways? I just want you, I just want to occasionally, here's how I envision this working after we give our kind of spiels about the topic where we're discussing. I just want you to shut up for most of it, you know, keep, keep your mic muted, but here's your chance to respond. If you hear anything outlandish, if you want to bring us back down to earth, if you just want to generally insult us, like this is, this is your time.
2: I will say Christian is, is in general more seemingly attached to reality than you are on the Broncos. I I, I appreciate the level headedness of, of his take. Uh, i I don't really see how the Broncos can be a playoff team like unless unless Sean Payton goes back to like his old maybe bounty gateways and takes out a few starting quarterbacks. I don't I don't really think that's gonna happen. My main concern is like people talk about the offense a lot, but I feel like the defense kinda kinda low-key has lost a couple pieces. And I am not thrilled with uh for not thrilled for the Broncos. I'm thrilled as someone who doesn't like the Broncos. Like, oh, Frank Clark? Like, that's what we're doing now? That's going to help? What? what? Like, I, I just feel like they they do, they do will have a good defense, but I don't know if in his current state it's the same game changer that it was for even a lot of last year, right, where it's just yep. getting wasted with these offensive performances. And, like, I agree the offense is going to improve a little bit, but I don't know – if those two things put together can culminate in more than like seven, seven, eight wins. Like
0: what did you think specifically of our, uh, of our unrealistic and realistic expectations? Do you believe they're on fair, fair playing
2: ground? Uh, more or less. Yeah. I, I mean, I really don't think that's going to happen, but like, I, I feel like what, what did the Broncos have last year? Like five wins?
1: Yeah. Five yeah. and 12. Were there
2: five. Yeah. So, like, I feel like even if it was the same caliber of team, you put it in the hands of, of Sean Payton. Like, I don't think 7-8 wins is super ridiculous. But also, like, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in this Russell Wilson rehabilitation nonsense arc. And, and meanwhile, Eric's been on this absolute uh, psychotic delusion of, like, Jared Stidham coming in and throwing for, like, 35 touchdowns. Like, this it, is it, it's not going to happen, man. They just don't have the personnel.
1: Okay, I'm excited to talk. I'm glad you brought up the defense, though, because that's something I was really excited to talk about. So when we do, are we going right into position breakdowns? Uh, I figured,
0: do we want to do that first? Or I guess it makes sense to talk about the roster first and then we can talk about Trump, Payton. Let's
1: do. uh, Yeah. Can we start with defense first?
0: Yeah, let's start with defense first. We'll go position by position here. Uh, Really, the newest starter. Uh, they're they're on left defensive end basically they're gonna play a three-4 defense uh now here's here's a a big question for me and one that will will show um that Eric is slightly out of touch because I uh, I do have to uh in in June sometimes Google some things about the the NFL I want to figure out okay so they did keep airo Everrow is that that's that's factual correct
1: no i believe he bounced and went to the uh where is panthers
0: he's on the yeah he's the panthers so who's who's for broncos new defensive coordinator are you aware joseph oh yeah right that's forgot about that yeah that that kind of happened when i went to go see an avalanche game and uh uh, yeah in, in february and uh There were a lot of people that were like, oh, man, Vance Joseph is back. Well, for one, let's just start with the defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not thrilled with that. No, I would say he's league average. I would say Vance Joseph is a league average defensive coordinator. I'm not not super thrilled with that move. Uh, That feels like the first real problem with this defense.
1: Yeah, and it's hard going from between, you know, Vic Fangio and then Evero having an elite defense. Um, You look at last year and statistically they weren't, you know, one of the whatever, like top five defenses in the league. Like if you're just looking at numbers, but you got to keep in mind, like part of that is because they're on the field so much because the offense sucked. Like it's, it's even for one of the best defenses in the league. Like, you're going to be allowing yards if you're constantly on the field because the offense is just punting all the time. So if you would have given Denver a league average offense last year and and not forced the defense to be on the field three quarters of the game, then the Broncos would have had a top five, definitely, maybe even top three defense in the league. Um, they already, you know, as far as allowing points go, they were really, really good. But then, yeah, you, you lose Evero to the Panthers, and you bring in former head coach, Vance Joseph, and he's familiar with a few of these players, for example, Justin Simmons. Um, and while while Vance Joseph was here as the head coach before Vic Fangio was here, they were a good defense. They were above average, but not, not elite by any means. Um, I think this year we're looking at a top 10 defense at best. Um, at worst, they'll be an average. They have too many good players to be below average. Um, but they're going to be anywhere from average to above average. I'd say around maybe top nine, maybe top ten.
0: Yeah, let's just dive into it here because I I, I was serious. We we are going to be real sickos today, Christian. Like I, oh, yeah. I I plan on talking about literally every single starter on the Denver Broncos roster, uh, all twenty-two of them, basically in depth. Um, so Frank Clark. They bring him in obviously five and a half million dollars uh on Friday put Frank Clark's uh off field stuff aside, which is gross and not not the best look in the world he also i I was hyped about this at first, but then I went back and like I take notes on these games and stuff and a few times over the past few years, like Frank Clark is not what I think he's are we at the point of his career where Frank Clark is more named than he is game? And I think Bradford Sonnenberg is the perfect person to answer that question for us as a man who, who was on his football team. I feel like if I had to give Frank Clark an evaluation right now, I'd put him at league average. Uh, I I don't think he's like an elite defensive player. If it's going to be game changing kind of some of a way some of Broncos' pundits are, are talking about him. I, I don't know. Am I crazy to think that?
2: Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Frank Clark. This is why I laughed when I saw the Broncos sign them. Frank Clark, especially, like, the past couple of years, has been a pretty average regular season uh, defensive end. But it's always in the playoffs. They sign Like, a team that will not see the playoffs signed a player that's only good in the playoffs. That's absolutely hilarious to me. I mean, a lot of that playoff production is a lot of cleanup work. I've found, but like he's like a sack or two away from like the all-time playoff sacks record. Like, yeah, uh, like it's it's pretty crazy. Like he's he's a uh, yeah he's he's uh, one away from being tied second all time. That's pretty crazy. Like Clark is definitely not like a a, a negative impact player at this point. I've found that one of his main issues, uh, not as much last year, but in the years leading up to it, that he was on the Chiefs, it was just, almost felt like a lack of effort at times. Like, this year, he put a lot of work in in the offseason. He definitely had a better year than he did previously, but I really question, like, where the effort's at. Also, the guy's an idiot. Like, he's just, he's just dumbass. Like, other stuff about, like, driving around with, like, assault rifles and stuff. Come on. Stop, stop trying to act like you're a gangster, man. You make millions of dollars playing sports. Like, what do you think? You're not that guy, pal. Come on. Like, and so with Clark, I mean, I question if the effort will be there. I don't think it's a signing that, like, makes the defense worse. Like, he's he's still, I think, an NFL-quality player. But I don't know for how much longer. And it's it's, it's not going to be a huge impact, I don't think. Yeah.
1: And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, one thing like this is a June free agency signing. It's not like he was a big ticket free agent guy who was signed right as free agency open. Um, I think partially because there hasn't been any big name players signed the last few weeks. That's maybe why it was kind of a big deal. Then there is kind of the shock factor of, oh, he's joining his division rival. Oh, he's leaving, you know, the Chiefs, who he just won a Super Bowl with to join the Broncos, who are a big question mark. I think that might be why, you know, it's a lot of it, it was kind of a big deal. um. But as far as like what he's going to bring, I don't think anybody's expecting him to be anything more than league average. I mean, they're not bringing him in to be their best pass rusher. I think they they want to get pressure off the edge, you know with Baron Browning Randy Gregory if they can more so than from the inside um but he filled a hole they're not paying him a ton of money um I think it's a decent signing and if anything he's a a very experienced player who has been to the playoffs um he has that that veteran experience that can kind of maybe he'll he'll share some of that experience with the younger players and then uh yeah, I think, like I said, biggest thing is it, it fills a hole, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, and it it definitely is a hole. It is a little bit concerning though that you're betting basically, you know, your edge rushing duties on on Frank Clark because the guys behind Frank Clark are Matt Henningsen. Henningson, uh, yeah. Well, Hennings- then I don't Hen-
1: think they're bringing him in to be an edge because they have Baron Browning and uh. Mm randy gregory to be the edge yeah and we'll we'll see what vance joseph does with the defense um i have heard too that joseph is going to try to run a similar scheme to what the broncos have been running the last few years rather than his own scheme that he ran while he was here so we'll see if that helps um obviously frank clark can probably be moved around and play you know that five technique and the edge technique but i think as far as like actual edge rushers that they want on the field you know if they're healthy are baron browning and randy gregory
0: right uh let's move inside here nose tackle d dj jones he's been good for them over the past few years i remember they brought him
1: in from i forget who he played for before the texans right no he was on the 49ers oh Uh, right last year was his first year with the broncos but he he missed I think he missed a couple games with like an Achilles injury or something yeah, like that. Yeah, He
0: didn't play much last year. But, but
1: when he was on the field, he was a, exactly what they wanted him to be, a big run stuffer in the middle. Like it was tough for teams to run up the middle and it's hard to to make splashes as a nose tackle, but I think he played he did exactly what they brought him in to do and I'm excited to to see him do it again this year.
0: So league average or above league average, do you think?
1: I'd say he's above average. Um, I'd agree with that. And it's hard because he's not at the level, obviously, of a nose tackle that you'd say like Vita Veya, Jeffrey Simmons, those types of players. But it's like he's a a classic, just a big dude in the middle that you're not going to move. If you try to run at him, chances are he's going to stuff the run or at least make it hard to get past him. Um, So if we're saying Frank Clark is average, dj jones as a nose tackle is above average yeah
0: they bring in zach allen obviously from the cardinals uh at right defensive end zach allen is an interesting guy um he's you know very very young he hasn't played that many seasons in the nfl but last year he looked like he kind of took a step forward he had Eight passes defense, so eight swats, so that's good. So you get someone that kind of replaces for Draymond Jones' role-ish on the defensive line. That's solid. You know, he his numbers weren't all inspiring He missed a few games last year, but he ended up with five and a half sacks and like some decent tackle numbers. But the one thing about him is people that watch him really love him. Greg Rosenthal is a big fan of, of his that said if i had to be forced into grading him somehow i'd still say league average for him just because i don't think we've seen the production yet but he's a guy that a lot of experts and people who watch the game really really closely feel like he is a a a rising star and kind of someone with a really high ceiling would you agree with that that analysis
1: For sure. Rising star is a good way to put it because the Broncos are betting on his upside. Um, They're betting on his ability to turn into what Draymond Jones was or or possibly even better. Um, And Draymond Jones was a very under the radar guy who was above average at his position. Just a lot of people didn't really know about him because he was on the Broncos. Um, He didn't put up a lot of numbers statistically, but I mean, as far as pressures go and whatever, Draymond Jones was really good. And then, yeah, you bring in this guy, Zach Allen, who nobody really heard of him before last year, but he did put up a really, really good season on tape last year. And the Broncos are excited about what he can potentially do. But right now it's kind of potential. So he has the potential to be above average, definitely. But as of today, he's an average interior uh, rusher. So we'll see you know that is a pretty good duo you got uh frank clark and zach allen as your interior guys and then you've got baron browning and randy uh gregory on the outside theoretically that's a good pass rush set but uh i'm i'm excited to see what zach allen can do but yeah he's he's average for now
0: yeah let's move to those edge rushers and baron browning baron browning it's important to note here, he just went in for some pretty serious knee surgery over uh, over the weekend, actually. And they, they expect to have him back by training camp, but he dealt with some injuries last year. Health, health is really a concern with him, I think, uh, because when he plays, I would say he's very good. He was the best pass rusher on the defense last year by far. He was really, really good at getting to uh, the quarterback he has developed really nicely. I believe the sky's the limit for him. And if he can have a full year healthy, I believe he can be a 10 plus sack guy every year of his career. But that's some he, he had some pretty invasive and serious knee surgery just over the weekend here. And having that in June, like, is he going to be a hundred percent by training camp? And is he going to be a hundred percent? by the start of the season. I think there's some questions to ask there, but obviously if I, if I had to evaluate him, I'd put him above league average.
1: Yeah, I would too. And it's hard. You can say really talk about Randy Gregory and Baron Browning the same way in that they're both really, really good football players, but it's like, I don't care how good they are. If they're not going to be on the field (laughs) and they both missed a significant amount of time last season. And that really, really hurt the defense if they're yeah. both on the field that's a scary duo right there like when i, mean, I watched
0: we could kind of talk about randy gregory as well here yeah yeah i, I so... just don't i don't think randy gregory is going to be on the field i'll say that i've given up on randy gregory ever having yeah. a fully healthy season i think that's just who he is as a player is he's just an injury prone player that yeah, yeah. like his body's kind of falling apart and i i still stand by it but that of all the signings and moves George Payton has made, that has to be up there with one of the dumbest because they gave him a ton of money and he basically did not play last year. And I, I, I hope he can play this year, but I I have never been a Randy Gregory fan and that's, that's just kind of the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah, back to Baron Browning though. He's got one of the quickest steps I've seen like yeah. since Von Miller. Von mm-hmm. Miller obviously... Really quick first step off the snap Baron Browning. That's why they moved him from inside linebacker to edge rusher. Uh, they love his first step, his quickness. And there was, I forgot what game it was that he just, it was like his coming out game might've been against the Texans or something. I can't remember, but he just dominated like the whole game. It was like, who the heck is this guy? Uh, And he flashed his his tremendous potential. So yeah, if, I believe it was a partially torn meniscus that he went into surgery for. So obviously that's not something that if the surgery goes well, knock on wood, um, that shouldn't affect him, let's say four or five months from now. But as far as his ability for training camp and to start the season, he might be off to a little bit of a slow start. And that kind of worries me, but let's hope that this is to prevent him from missing time during the season. So yeah. I'd say I'd say above average for Baron Browning yeah. Yeah, above average.
0: I I'd agree with that analysis as well. They they have high upside pass rush. I would say that. There there is an extremely high upside on the pass rush but the one thing I noticed while we were talking about that is Every single one of those players that we just talked about has like some type of major question to like,
1: and it's hard too, because it's like, you don't want to list that position as a need, you know, in draft or free agency, because you have really good guys there, but health is such a big issue for a lot of these guys. And it's like, you need to have some sort of quality depth and going back to, to Randy Gregory. Now I was so disappointed that, you know, he just could not stay on the field because there were times last year where I was like blown away, where I was like, this dude is really freaking good. Like he has such long and strong and powerful arms that that's kind of what stood out to me when I was watching uh, Randy Gregory. He is just able to push people around, Um, you know, bigger tackles. He can, he just pushes them aside. And then he's, he was also really good at getting to the ball carrier and stripping the ball. And that was huge. And then he kind of just he disappeared because he, he wasn't healthy. So it's like, yeah, as far as you know, bringing him in and giving him the contract in, versus what we got out of it, it was very, very disappointing. So I, I do think that this is his last season as a Bronco um, if it plays out similarly to last year. If he comes in and only plays a, a handful of games, they're going to cut him. Um, and that's just how it is. Yeah.
0: Very quickly here, I think we can we can touch on uh, basically the inside linebackers here. Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, two guys I really like. Alex Singleton has come a long way. He was, for a while there, kind of a liability, honestly. But last year, played his best season, even though he dealt with some injuries. And Josie Jewell, it's just a matter of staying healthy when he plays. I am a huge Josie Jewell fan. Uh, I think he's one of the fastest, most explosive linebackers in the league. I think he's just really good at getting to the ball and tackling. But again, I I think there are questions with both those guys as far as health and and whether they can keep their play level consistent because we've never really seen a year where both those inside linebackers are healthy at the same time.
1: Yeah, uh they, they played really well together last year and it was kind of surprising. Um, so they brought in Alex Singleton, I believe it was a trade with the Eagles mm-hmm. um before last season. And yeah, everybody was like, What the heck is this? He was not good on the Eagles, he was more of a special teams guy, it was kind of a head scratcher, but then he ended up being probably their best linebacker last year, and he was he was really, really good. So him and Josie Jewell together, um, they're they're solid. I'd say they're right on the borderline of average and above average. The other thing I'll say about this group is they've got incredible depth at inside linebacker, which is good because they Singleton and Jewel have both struggled with injuries. Um, They've got drew Sanders, the high upside rookie that lots of people are excited about. He made some plays in OTA um, really athletic, really fast, got that sideline to sideline speed. And he's pretty versatile. I I believe that they're going to get creative with blitz packages with him. And then Jonas Griff excuse me jonas griffith was supposed to be the starter last year and he got hurt and that's kind of what thrust alex singleton into the starting role so they've got four dudes that i wouldn't mind being on the field at any time and i think that's really really good for them
0: yeah don't hate justin for either really don't don't hate him as he's kind of buried on the depth chart but yeah he, he's a good special teams player and and a solid tackler i think um Let's just break the defense in half here. That's the front seven. So, and and this is where I kind of want Bradford to chime in. After we talked about that, here's where I'm at, Christian. If there weren't questions with literally every player on the defensive line. If you can turn
1: injuries off, that's an above average. It's
0: an above average defensive line, but you can't. So I'm going to say it's league average. I feel like that's a pretty league average front seven. But if they get hurt, though, I I just want to point this out. There's like no depth outside of the linebacker room.
1: I, yeah, I, don't think. I think they're stretched pretty thin as far as the defensive line goes. I think Jonathan Cooper is a a, a solid uh, depth piece at edge. Nick Bonito was pretty under underwhelming last year. So it's like, yeah, Jonathan Cooper is like their only depth piece um he's gonna get some rotational minutes but yeah other other than Cooper I I'm pretty worried about you know these these second string players
0: yeah so we'll, we'll go we'll go league average Bradford after hearing all that uh, would you say our, our analysis is is still within the realm of, of realism and uh and uh and uh, rationality
2: yeah i would say i would say it's it's, it's relatively down the earth i mean the depth is the thing that concerns me right like when you're i find when you're talking about football and the good scenario requires like 15 to- like like maybes to like go the right way at a certain point it's just kind of like maybe this isn't a very well constructed team you know like that's that's kind of just where i'm at
0: yeah all right Let's get to the back half of the defense. We can pretty much uh, start and end the conversation with Patrick Sertan above league average. Very good. Highest graded PFF player on on the Broncos. Maybe the best cornerback in the league. Uh, So yeah, I mean. I'm going to throw
1: Justin Simmons in there too. Um, I was actually pretty pissed because yesterday PFF tweeted out a thing and it was like, who's the best safety in the league? And they listed like Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. And I forgot who the third guy was, but they didn't have Justin Simmons. Like the, like Justin Simmons missed, I think, four games last year and he's still tied for the league lead in interceptions, right? So I don't know. I I think still somehow Justin Simmons flies under everybody's radar. Um, But Sertan and Simmons are one of the best, if not the best corner and safety duo in the league. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for both of these guys. They're, they're solid. They're really, really good.
0: Yeah. Justin Simmons, obviously been good for a long, long time. I will say this. I did feel like he took a little bit of a step back last year. I do feel like age is starting to be a thing with him. Like you're, you're seeing him start to kind of lose a step a little bit. Um, when it comes to like aggression within the box, but, I I still do think he's a really good player, but I can understand why people don't throw him in as like the one A guy of like, oh man, like what what's happening here? Like how how's this? How's how's this? How is he not listed as one of the best uh, safeties in the league? So you know I I I see I see the I see the hesitation there, but um I I'm still a big fan kareem jackson he's an interesting guy kareem jackson has long been one of my favorite broncos ever since they brought him in from the texans a few years ago i would say from this era of broncos football he is maybe my favorite player um that said he's getting old that's the one thing with kareem jackson where i feel like okay he's getting up there in age like he's really old yeah like Sometimes he gets a little bit hurt. Sometimes he's a little bit slow to the ball, but he's still good enough to be a starter. He's, just, he's
1: thirty-five years old. Yeah, he's I, really old. I don't think he's going to be the starter. Um, I think that's Caden Stearns. Yeah, right. There I love the strong Caden safety. Stearns
0: too. I think he's a really good player. When he when he got time last year, he looked good. He looked. You got to like do what develop. you can
1: to get Caden Stearns on the field and yeah. uh Kareem Jackson excellent leader excellent presence in the locker room as far as on the field you know he'll deliver a hard hit but he also is at that point now where like you said he's slow he misses some tackles and it's pretty infuriating um so you kind of just at this point let's get Caden Stearns on the field Kareem Jackson is going to see some playing time a pretty good chunk but Stearns is the starter I'll be surprised if Stearns is not starting alongside Justin Simmons next year
0: yeah that's the defense pretty oh damari mathis i'll just say don't know enough about damari mathis to really make to make he analysis to be honest with you he's a guy that i I don't know much about
1: last so he was a rookie last year he had some games where he struggled um he had some games where he played really well corner is notorious for being one of the hardest positions to play as a rookie um There's a lot that goes into it. Corner is one of the hardest positions to play, period. So yeah, rookies tend to struggle. Mathis last year struggled in that he got overly physical at times. Um, He struggled with getting called for defensive pass interference quite a bit, holding a few times. So I think the upside is there. He's a really big physical corner, and that's what they want out of him. I'd be surprised if he doesn't take a jump in year two, just because that's what typically everybody does. I would say, obviously, it benefits him playing alongside Pat Sertan, playing with such ex- such experienced defensive backs. Um, that can only be a good thing for him. So I'm excited to see what sort of step forward he takes. Obviously, they feel comfortable enough in him that they cut. Um... Name is leaving my mind. Huam <laughs> Williams. No, 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 no. I believe Williams is. Williams is still there. He's their slot corner. Yeah. Um... It was the other boundary guy.
0: Oh, oh my uh, gosh, Michael Ojemudia.
1: No, 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 no. Man, he was on the Commanders, and then he came to the Broncos, and I'm oh totally... Ronald Darby. Yeah, Ronald Darby. Duh. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut Ronald Darby because him and Damari Mathis, they figure they're kind of the same player. They feel comfortable enough in Mathis that they cut Ronald Darby. So that's that's a good sign, and that's pretty much all we can say.
0: Okay i'll say i like the defense I, I like the depth defensively i like kawan williams i thought he did a good job as the nickel last year pj yeah. Locke is a guy i'm i'm also low-key a fan of i think he does a good job when justin simmons has to be off the field um i'll just say this right now the secondary as a whole this is the strength of the team the strength yeah. of the team is the secondary this is the best part of a roster it's the deepest it has the most talent and that I, I think that bodes well in a, a in a division with really high flying quarterbacks. Uh, I feel really good about the secondary going into uh, the year. Bradford yeah. ha- has to leave us soon, so I, I, I want to see how he feels. But when the Chiefs go up against the Broncos here, I here's my t- my take here, Bradford, and I'm dead serious. They should be very afraid of the Broncos secondary. They should be. Very afraid of the Broncos secondary, because if you think Patrick Sartan's not going to lock down Kadarius Tony, like you're absolutely wrong. Like you think Sky Moore stands a chance? Like, no, no way. That's why I really do truly think that one one game this year at home, the Broncos are beating the Chiefs. I truly believe that they, they have the talent to lock down the Chiefs' lackluster uh, offensive weapons. I mean, it's really, it's that simple.
2: I mean, listen, the secondary is definitely the best part of the team. I'm not going to argue with you there. Uh, Justin Simmons does have kind of a pretty funny track record of getting Mahomes interceptions. I feel like that's happened quite a few times uh, the past couple years. Not exactly scared of them. I mean, here's the thing, Eric. Here's the thing about football.
1: Football. You're not going to be scared until you have a reason to be scared, right?
2: Well, yeah. And also, like, to be honest, I I, I kind of trust, the, like, you know, maybe the the best quarterback in the league to kind of figure it out, right? Because, like, offense beats defense in this league, Eric. And I don't know. I mean, I think there can be games like the games last year where, like, the Chiefs offense did not dominate the Broncos overall. There was one game where they were and then Mahomes got kind of bored and he was just doing circus shit. And then they ended up picking him off a couple times and ended up being a lot closer than it needed to. But like, I don't know. I, I I still feel pretty confident that with the state of the Broncos roster, like I, <laughs> I don't even know. You. Listen, Eric, if, if that's if that's your Super Bowl, that's your Super Bowl. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to take that away from you. But I feel like I feel like what you do, you do this every every time. I feel like you're just setting yourself up to be hurt too much. You know, like stop stop expecting this to work out for you. Is I don't.
1: <sighs> yeah. I, I will say the Broncos have gotten so close to beating the Chiefs twice in the last two seasons. Obviously, there was that heartbreaking the game, yeah the
2: the, the, one
1: that the Melvin like, the Gordon Chiefs. and Drew Locke fumble. Yeah. Uh, I'm still so pissed about that to this day. And then last year, yeah, there was that game where Broncos came back out of nowhere and they were so close to pulling it off. And it didn't work out Um, was I can't remember. Was that the Russell Wilson concussion game? Anyways, it was close. And I think it's been inching closer and closer to being more of an actual rivalry than a one sided. uh, Big brother chiefs have to go pick on the little brother Broncos. So I think, like you said, and I'm the same way, Eric, every year I'm like, this is when it's going to happen. They haven't beat the Chiefs in in years, but it's it's got to happen at some point. I think this is the year.
2: I've got I've got a really cool stat that I would like to run by you guys. Okay, this is uh, some advanced analytics that I just pulled up. Uh, okay, uh, twenty nine to thirteen. Okay, thirty to twenty seven. Okay, thirty three to ten. Twenty nine to nineteen. Twenty seven to twenty four.
0: 27 to 23, 30 to 23, 30 to 6. One touchdown games. Oh, so you're telling me the Chiefs are not that dominant because they Four, have not three, been able to beat the breaks
2: off. Thirty-three to 16. Okay. 22 to 16, 22 to 9. 28 to 24. 34 to 28. 27 to 24. I don't. This is not a rivalry, man. Now he's no. not like pulled up. This is the yeah. big reveal. Oh boy, those are the last uh, uh, several games that the 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 uh, Chiefs of Kansas City and the Broncos of Denver have played against each other. And the bigger number has been the Chiefs in all of those games. The uh, Denver Broncos have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since. 2015 that is insane that is it has been since in the non peyton manning era There's that's more-
1: pretty that crazy it's pretty brutal and like
2: a lot of those games like yeah it's close it's close but like whenever these games are close it always feels like oh the chiefs are blowing this right now and then they away <laughs> with it like it's never been like you know the Broncos are like really have him on the ropes. It's the Broncos don't usually blow these games against the Chiefs. Really, it's the Chiefs like are smacking them around and they just let him. The thing is, it's like it's like it's like you got a little brother, right? And you're playing games together, and it's like you let him think he's gonna win, and then you just bring the hammer down. And so I just think that the the track record of the almost past decade causes me to be like i don't know if this is the year i do know intellectually it will happen eventually and i mean just by sheer even if it's a coin you think eventually right eventually eventually but i don't know i on some level i i gain more enjoyment out of the streak than i do from the from the uh state of the team being championship it's it's just very very funny to me like it it could happen and if it does happen, I will be uh, a gentleman about it. I will appear on your program, Eric, and I will I will congratulate you on on the big win. Um, we can raise a banner together. But uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, guys. Is is that's going to happen?
0: All right. Well, Bradford, thank you very much for joining us uh listener if you're like oh this has gone an hour and you guys haven't even gotten to the offense yet I promise you I think we're gonna go rapid fire on the offense because I think the offense is in some ways much easier to evaluate than than the defense was uh but Bradford thank you so much for joining us uh, to be our voice of reason here early but hopefully we didn't say anything too outlandish you'll have to listen to the second half to see if if we if we stay on the same
1: track
2: you toned the lunacy way back with Christian here. Normally, you're on some insane Broncos. like, well, <laughs> that's like, funny
1: because I feel like Eric is, from when I've talked to him, maybe it's just because during the season. But normally, Eric is super pessimistic. I feel like
2: it's it's very bipolar. I find where it's like <laughs> basically like every week we we do a little whiplash where it's like it's the end of the world, but then they're going to the Super Bowl. It's the end of the world, and then we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have never once said they There's were some, going like, to the Super Bowl. Over the past three years, over the past five years, I have never once said on this podcast, I don't believe ever on this podcast I have said they are going to the Super Bowl. I have never said that. Prove it. No, no, I, I literally can't. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. Most
2: of your takes usually involve the unlikely destruction of the teams around the Broncos, giving the Broncos a window to advance. But it's always just some half-baked scenario. It, Oh, Christian! This guy—oh man—I just remembered this. This guy, like two weeks ago, was hyping up to me Marvin Mims. I'm not. This is delusion.
1: He's <laughs> hey, that's this. It's the, the best Jared, part of the off season. The Marvin Jared Mims is Stidham absolutely Marvin saucy.
2: Junior connection. I don't want to hear about Jared Stidham to Marvin Junior. The, the Broncos signed Mike McGlinchey, and he was parading through the streets of Utah. This is. I, I, Mike McGuinchy
0: is a very good right tackle. I mean,
1: yeah, no, I. That's why I love the hot off season too. I love to just sit here and get excited about everybody. And so what if it ends in heartbreak come September?
0: Yeah, I guess we'll we'll, we'll get to heartbreak in September in a little while. Again, Bradford, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, uh, we will we'll see you in in a week or two. All right, let's get to it
1: rapid fire offense uh, uh no, you're looking uh, at we, we much... got to start
0: we we got to do something in depth here okay I, my movie's not till noon i still i we still have like 30 minutes here let's do it russell wilson we just have to talk about it
1: yeah if like... you don't mind i will i'll just come out and say and i mentioned it earlier you look at last year as far as the injuries uh offensive line was injured offensive line was bad Tim Patrick was injured. Cortland Sutton was injured. Jerry Judy got injured. Uh, So injuries, Russell Wilson himself dealt with multiple different injuries. Add on to that, as if that's not hard enough to overcome, Nathaniel Hackett had no idea what he was doing as a head coach. Uh, He was completely in over his head. He was lost. He was one of the worst rookie head coaches ever. Um, The team was just in complete disarray from start to finish. Uh, that being said, I do think Russell Wilson has passed his prime. I think he is on a downhill decline. He's not going to be ever back to Russell Wilson of the days of old, but I refuse to believe that Russell Wilson can play as bad as he did last year, um, under Sean Payton and, and a competent coaching staff. Um, (laughs) I, I don't think that Russ is beyond saving. I, I think it's pretty it it's you're a victim of, of last season, you know, if if you think that Russell Wilson is cooked. Like I, I I don't think that he's cooked, to to say, you know.
0: He might be cooked. There's like a very distinct possibility that he is in fact cooked.
1: But what do you like cooked as far as like
0: well a bottom
1: I, 10 quarterback or cooked as maybe just like not russell wilson That we maybe know. maybe a bottom 10
0: quarterback maybe no maybe no. like like last year he was 32 um uh, maybe lower i feel like the ceiling he was for... not the worst quarterback in the league yeah, he year. absolutely was the worst quarterback in the league no
1: he was year, not yeah he
0: was dude come no, on Mac like, jones was worse no 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 i i'd if you if you ask me right now if I'd rather take Mac Jones or Russell Wilson, I would take Mac Jones in a heartbeat. See, no. and that's
1: what – I think people no, just dude. got so caught this up is, in
0: – This is – okay, uh, Bradford left at the wrong time. This is delusion for both of us here I because I'm with you, bro. I think he can come back. Like I think he can do it. I don't I'm think like...
1: he's going to be top 12 or top 10 definitely, but I think he's a league average quarterback. I think he's going to be
0: a top 15 NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah. I, I really, do. I, I just can't.
0: I can't see a world in which that happens. I think twenty to like twenty five, which would be a massive improvement from last year, where again he was the worst starter in the league outside of maybe Zach Wilson. But honestly, Zach, like, I think we're forgetting how bad Russell Wilson is was last year. Right,
1: he was bad. Like, but like I said, like some this is a guy that, that literally to consideration
0: took like. 30 sacks just from holding the ball forever. Yeah. not throw down the middle of the field. Couldn't throw down the sides of the field. Like, threw picks almost at will. Had a ball control problem. Like, fumbled a lot. Like... You was so bad last year, dude. Like I, I will I, say, I, I, I do I have think...
1: to throw out there. So I brought up, you know, there's things that you have to take into consideration with injuries and coaching. There was a lot that Russell Wilson did himself, like missing open receivers. Yeah, um, oh he definitely God. was he missed not...
0: more people that he was. He had worse accuracy than Drew Lock. I mean, it was
1: it. Yeah, 60% I just
0: think... completion percentage. That's like when Josh Allen was bad numbers. Like, So like... I think
1: the biggest thing that we need to do is just we can't take anything seriously from last year. Like last season was just such an anomaly. Like we can't sit here and like try to project this season versus last season just because it was just such a train wreck. It it
0: was a steep drop-off. I mean, you look at, here's just one stat that I really think encapsulated QBR, right? The three years before last year, 106, 105, 103, last year, 84. He really did, like, fall off a cliff. And it is just a matter of, like, was that fall off a cliff, like, he is cooked, he is old, or was it Nathaniel Hackett and, like, all these contributing factors, I think that's the biggest question for them. But right now, I I, I have to say, like, Russell Wilson is a below-league average quarterback, and that's what I project him to be going into this year. I don't think he'll be a top-15 passer. I think a good year for Russell Wilson looks like he throws for about 4,000 yards, throws maybe, like, 20 touchdowns. He had 16 last year, and he limits interceptions to, like, seven. He had 11 last
1: year. Those are like, definitely league average numbers.
0: But no, that's not in today's NFL. Absolutely not. Those are not league average numbers.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine quarterbacks through for 4,000 or more. Long- no. Okay.
0: Year. Let's. Uh, uh, 4,000 is probably that screaming. <laughs> he was at 3,500. Let's say 300 yards so then, more. Let's say 3,800.
1: Three, 5 more. So that's 14. That okay. threw for 3500 So that's still league average. All right. Maybe I can see your point. But still, I mean. So you're telling me that Davis Mills was better than Russell Wilson or Mac Jones. Mac or... Jones definitely was. Ryan, Davis Tannehill, Mills was not. Ryan or... Tannehill was better than Russell Wilson. Jimmy
0: Garoppolo, not, not Jimmy G
1: Ryan Tannehill was Ryan Tannehill threw for 2,500 yards. Yeah. yeah. 13 and six. It was not better than Russell Wilson. I I think you're into the point where it's like, I get that it was frustrating and disappointing, but I I do think, I don't know. And I, I get a little optimistic at times, but I don't think that there are 10 quarterbacks worse excuse me there are definitely 10 quarterbacks worse than Russell Wilson right now including maybe all the five rides.
0: maybe five we'll see uh I, he's not listen, the worst quarterback I'm not, in the I'm division, not, i i i'm not i'm not willing to argue this much further because I, yeah, i'm yeah. I, i'm with you like if if you want me to believe he can be league average like you've won that argument christian i'll believe you like <laughs> I, I think he could be league average in my heart of hearts, I think that. But my brain, my my logical football brain is just telling me, don't set the expectations. So
1: with that, and I think this is the Sean Payton effect, and this kind of encapsulates the offense as a whole, Like, obviously it's hard trading a first-round pick for anything, especially for somebody who's not going to be on the field like a head coach. But I think Sean Payton was the biggest thing that the Broncos did this offseason. Um, because a head coach matters in the NFL. And I think that if anything, Sean Payton adds a floor to the Broncos that they haven't had in these recent seasons. Um, he, he's, a, he's a top 10 coach in the NFL instantly at his best. He was a top five coach in the league. Um, am I saying that, you know, the Broncos are going to be amazing because of him? No, they they have a lot that's holding them back. But like I again, he he adds a floor to this offense and to this team that they haven't had in recent years. And I think somehow still Sean Payton is the most underrated addition to this Broncos offense and this Broncos team. Like people don't get how big of an upgrade Sean Payton is over Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Um That's true. And I think that's enough of a saving grace to say that this offense is, like you said, they're going to be watchable. And that's what I'm most excited for. Like, oh,
0: dude, the team so just long. had,
1: they had nothing last year. Like you could tell that's why they were not watchable is because the coaching sucked. There was no structure. There was no culture. There was no discipline. Um, and that's not going to fly under Sean Payton. So Russell Wilson and the offense as a whole, I think they're going to take big steps forward uh, with the new coach. Uh, and I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think that that covers our champagne talk. Uh, I'm gonna have a, a good friend of ours, Brian, that boy Wolf, on next week from the Saints Twitter podcast to yep. to talk a little bit about um what what's happening with the uh, what's happening with champagne and how big an upgrade that was. But I think you said what I what I was thinking. You know, he he's obviously a huge upgrade. Let's just get to the most concerning part of this offense, uh, to me, which is for running back room. Yeah. Sean Payton likes for run game; he likes to run the football. Um, currently, they are counting on Javante Williams to get ready and and healthy, which Sean Payton says he will be. But still, he had like the worst knee injury you could possibly get. So, I know, yeah. So, so like,
2: uh-oh. so the crazy, thing and then to me... here,
0: here's here's my problem though. Uh, Christian, I don't know if you saw this. I have like the sleeper fantasy football app. Yeah. Um, everyone's got to have that if you play fantasy football. But I don't know if you saw the update that came across like two or three weeks ago, where it was like, Sean Payton says Shama JP Ryan will be quote, big part of the offense. Whenever Samaje Piran is supposed to be a big part of your offense, like, wow, that, that's kind of a red flag. Ryan. No, I, I'm not a I fan of that. No, I'm not a fan of that. I
1: think he played really well last year for the Bengals when Joe Mixon went down. No, and I'm not a fan of that. I'm not. I, I wouldn't want him to be, you know, 75% of the team's rushing attack. But the thing is... The Broncos actions are aligning with their words, which is kind of surprising because it's one thing to say, oh, Javante Williams is going to be healthy for week one. And then they sign a bunch of other backs. But then it's another thing to do with they which is what they are doing is they're saying Javante Williams is going to be healthy and then they don't bring in anybody. I mean, they brought in P Ryan, but they didn't bring him in to be, you know, the guy, right? And there's, according to Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport, the Broncos are interested in Dalvin Cook. Um, but then you got Mike Kliss, the local guy, who says that they're not interested in Dalvin Cook. So even that is like. Which, if by the Broncos, way they,
0: they should definitely be interested they should in be, Dalvin yeah. Cook. Like if, if, the Broncos, if, they got, if they got Dalvin Cook, that'd be suddenly a really exciting offense.
1: If there was no chance or. Let me reword that. If there was any chance that Javante Williams was not ahead of schedule, the Broncos would be adding more to this running back room. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like the fact that all they've done is bring in Samaj Pirine, and then they've even cut some bottom of the roster guys to make room elsewhere. Like that's a good of a sign as you can get for Javante Williams. Um, I think the beginning of the season, you're going to be looking at like a 50-50 split with him and Pirine, because no matter how ahead of schedule he is, he is rehabilitating from a very serious knee injury. Um, but I think Pirine is good enough to do what Sean Payton wants. Um, I mean, heck, we saw, I know it's a different offense, but we saw Latavius Murray have some really good le- games last year for the Broncos. Um and they upgraded their offensive line. I think they've got some maulers, and that's that's what they're going to be doing is running the football uh, down people's throats. P. Ryan and Javante Williams, that's a, that's a pretty good duo right there. So it is concerning behind those two. Um, and then, you know, you throw in the wrench, what if Williams is not healthy? Then you're struggling. But if the Broncos are telling me not to be concerned, then I'm not going to be concerned, you know? I'm not about, quite, about I,
0: health. I'm not. I'm not quite there. I. 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 I still don't trust. I don't trust the Broncos.
1: I. I'm surprised, but it's like, why wouldn't they have brought in anybody else? Then you know, yeah. Just because they haven't made any other moves, and it's like that's malpractice at that point. If if Javante Williams isn't going to be ready, and they haven't made any moves at running back, like what the heck are you doing? Yeah. But it is surprising, definitely.
0: Okay, here is uh, our next topic of conversation, but wide receiver room. Here's here's a question I came up with last year. Yeah. Um, We've said this for years. I mean, really, since they've had this score for years and years and years, Broncos fans have said, just wait till we get a real quarterback. Like this is one of the most talented wide receiving rooms in the league. Yeah. Well they did. Russell Wilson wasn't good, obviously. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't good. But for the first time ever, I kind of started to question like how how good are these wide receivers? Like, let cause let's be honest, Cortland Sutton did have an all-pro year, but that at this point was four years ago. Like
1: broke my heart last season, man. I was so, so disappointed with like, Cortland
0: Sutton. Did not had just a really really just a really really terrible has
1: never had a drop problem ever and then all of a sudden last season he can't catch a football and it's like his drop not only did he have drops but they were like on third downs they were in the end zone like key moments and he's dropping the football so i'm when there were rumors that he was going to get traded like i was impartial I want – like earlier I talked about I didn't know what, what Broncos jersey to get. I was going to get a Cortland Sutton jersey last year, and I'm glad I didn't because, yeah. dude, he was so frustrating, so frustrating.
0: Yeah, the guy for me that's always been a problem. I know uh, you're
1: not a huge Judy fan. He's yeah. Jerry
0: Judy. I yeah. mean, I, and I get that. I, he's I, been I up and down. He's been up and down. I will say this, though. Here is something I'm kind of backing on Jerry Judy, just because of what happened when Nathaniel Hackett left. Oh, he uh, killed it at the end of the season. Last basically year. when Nathaniel Hackett left or the two or three games before 76 yards, um, no touchdowns, but no touchdowns, which was a little bit concerning, but 76 yards, 117 yards One aberration game against a very good Chiefs defense, 38 yards. Then against the Chargers in the season closer, 154 yards, really big game. Best game of his career, really. And three touchdowns, right? No, no touchdowns that game.
1: Oh, wasn't there a game he had three touchdowns?
0: Uh, Yes, one game against the Chiefs. That one, the first time they played at home, three touchdowns. I'll say this. This is my last year of Gary, giving Jerry Judy slack.
1: Oh, it's everybody, yeah. Because this like, is his. They picked up his fifth year option, but this is his. I mean, he was a first round pick. It's kind of put up or shut up at this point. And like, cause,
0: cause guys with bad like AJ Brown, he did not have a great quarterback. Like, like Brian yeah. Tannehill. Like, he, he became a like, okay, like let let's see it. You know, Justin Jefferson did it with Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like if you're gonna be great, if you're gonna be game changing, he came in and, but one of those wide receiver classes within those three years where it was like the Jamar Chase class, the Justin Jefferson class, like the next era of great NFL wide receivers. He came in with those guys. Is he on that level or is he just like a secondary weapon on a contending yeah. team? Like
1: um I, yeah, I, it's it's yeah. frustrating because he's had moments good and bad, and it's been such a roller coaster. And again, injuries impacted him a little bit last year. He had a high ankle sprain, which is kind of notorious for lingering. Like you don't just get over it after three or four weeks. It, it And especially somebody like Jerry Judy, who relies on that agility uh, and the quick feet. You can't do what he needs to do uh, on a high ankle sprain. So it's good to see that he closed out the year looking really good. But I'm totally with you. Like, if he has another kind of question mark season, um it's 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 over. It's and gonna... he can't
0: have drops this year. He still had yeah. drops last year. He can't he can't have drops this year. I
1: don't think he did. I I think Cortland Sutton led the team in drops. I think Jerry Judy, I mean, every receiver is gonna have drops at some point. I don't think drops would be there. I think there was one game where he had like one or two frustrating drops, but I I, I don't think drops were necessarily an issue. Jerry last year and I could be wrong I need to go back and look at that but I do uh, I'll say Cortland Sutton definitely had a bigger drop issue than Jerry Judy last year but yeah wide receiver as a whole they've got a high floor
0: I am curious though the guy I'm most intrigued by is obviously Tim Patrick because I, I here's what I think people forget is before he got hurt last year he he was probably the best wide receiver on the roster going into last year
1: he was the most consistent for sure i think sutton and judy both have more upside but it's like i was never frustrated with tim patrick like he was just he was always doing the right thing he had solid hands um he was a great run blocker he was a do-it-all receiver he had that game against the cowboys that was a really really good game and yeah, he tore his ACL and that's kind of when that's when the season went downhill. Last year is when Tim Patrick got hurt. Him coming back. Literally is huge. training camp
0: never stood a chance.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so him coming back is huge. We'll see what kind of confidence Sean Payton has in him. I'll note that uh, Sean Payton has already talked about Jerry Judy. Um, as kind of having a big role. I haven't heard Sean Payton really say much about Tim Patrick. Mm. So that is kind of a concern to me. He is kind of getting up there in age. Uh, so we'll see there. But I will say Marquez Callaway is a dude that I'm kind of excited for. Uh, big speed burner guy. He was there in New Orleans with Sean Payton. That's obviously kind of why he got brought in. And he got brought in to replace KJ Hamler, somebody who can't stay healthy. Yeah. Shame. And it sucks to say because everybody likes him. He's a good dude. I know that for a fact he's been working hard to try to stay on the field, but he just can't hamstrings, uh, his hip. Like he, I think he's done. I think he might be a, yeah. Knee. I think he might be a training camp cut. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. That feels very, very possible. There are so many wide receivers on this roster. They are, they, they are like, Lil' Jordan Humphrey, he's a guy that could make a, a final a, a final 53. Like, Montrell Washington wasn't awesome last year, but contributed when he needed to.
1: Jalen Virgil, too, looked really good. Um, like, even but, Kendall Hinton. Like, Kendall yeah. Hinton was solid last year. Yeah. I'd take a... – yeah.
0: Marvin yeah. Mims Jr. again. And Marvin
1: Mims, we haven't even talked about him
0: yet. Guy I'm really excited about. To me, he was my right. favorite draft pick. Uh, I thought I, – I think he can be – a real game changer in the offense and i don't think you draft a wide receiver if you're the broncos unless sean payton specifically says yeah i want that guy to be well especially because
1: that was their first pick of the draft right yeah they moved up in the second into the second round to get him
0: like he's clearly going to be a part of the offense
1: yeah um solid i'm excited to see him you're right like this is sean payton's team now even though george payton is the general manager this offseason, you could tell, has Sean Payton's fingerprints written all over it. Um, and he's yeah. trying to fix this kind of mess that has been built from John Elway and George Payton. Um, so, yeah, that, that Mims pick is huge. Dulcich, I think, is going to be exciting. He Big had some, He had some bright spots last year, especially for a rookie tight end. He performed really well. Another dude that struggled with injuries. Um, I was a little worried at first because when Sean Payton first joined the team, he said he wouldn't comment on Dulcich. He was like, Oh, I need to go back and look at the tape. So that was kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of worried. But then he came out like last week or the week before and basically said that Yeah. he called him, he said, he's going to be the joker of this offense. Like he can do so many different things and he's excited. So that, that makes me really happy because mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of upside.
0: Can I say something? Yeah. I think we're going to use him like Taysom Hill. I think.
1: <laughs> I think as far as like I, I think, lining up at running back, or yeah, I quarterback.
0: I think he's gonna get like not quarterback because he's never played quarterback, but yeah. I think he's gonna get a lot of sweep stuff. I think he's gonna get a lot of motion. Like I think he's gonna yeah. be like in the backfield a lot. Yeah, I, as
1: kind of like a hybrid. Yeah, kind of fullback type thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I kind of see that going. That's yeah. that's just generally how. Sean Payton has used those type of guys in offenses. Yeah, Um, for sure. I'm part of a Dulce Chive man. Like to me, he's one of the players I'm most oh, excited it's, it's about on the not roster. He
1: had such like rookie on off. Earlier, I talked about corner being one of the hardest positions for a rookie. Offensively, I'd say tight end is probably the hardest yeah. or the position where you kind of see these rookie guys disappoint a little bit. And it's hard because they have to learn how to block like a, a NFL caliber lineman and then receive like an NFL caliber receiver. So that's, that's part of why it's so hard, but still on top of that. And again, dealing with an injury, Dulcich missed like the first three or four games. Like he put together a really inspiring rookie season. So yeah, it's, you look at this receiving core and it's like on one hand, there's a lot of question marks, but on the other hand, if all goes well, this is a really, really good unit.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. The offensive line.
1: And we can sum this up easily. I mean, they're upgraded over last year. Dalton yeah. Reisner was so disappointing. Please. Reisner, Reisner and Cushenberry were two of the worst at their positions in the league. I feel uh, like
0: It does kind of suck, but you're expecting Lloyd Cushionberry to start again. Was- oh, yeah.
1: I forgot he did not get replaced. I think Alex Forsyth will be pushing for that a little bit.
0: Um oh wow. ESPN currently has him as Forsyth. I know I was looking fight.
1: at that. I don't know why. Um Forsyth was Russell Wilson's center in Seattle for a little bit, I believe. So mm. I don't know why. Anyways. Yeah, Cushenberry. I I'll be surprised if he's starting week one. Um, he he was I don't know. But I'm I'm glad they got rid of Reisner. They brought in Ben Powers, they brought in Mike McGlinchey. and I know uh You were getting teased. Yeah, Brad,
0: keep. Can I just say here? Let (laughs) me just say my piece on Mike McGlinchey. They have played, and you understand this more than a. they have played nobodies at right tackle for, right. like, five years in a row.
1: Is he going to come in and be an all-pro? No, but he's going to be He's going to be reliable. a good right
0: tackle. Yeah, which is and something like they that have... they
1: haven't had in even before, even when Pey- Peyton Manning was here, they didn't have a good right tackle. They but have not had this a good is right tackle. The best
0: they have looked at tackle, if they're healthy, which is huge because they usually yeah. can't stay healthy at tackle, yeah, If they can stay healthy at tackle, this is by far the best tackle pairing they've had since the, the prime pay many years. Yeah,
1: since like 2013, Broncos yeah. offense. No, I'll go ahead. Like this is an above average offensive line. And some of these guys are known more for run blocking. Like McGlinchey and Powers are kind of more run blockers than pass blockers. But it's like, that's the identity that they're going to be establishing anyways. Um, This is a much, much improved offensive line. And I'm really excited to see, like I... It's hard because they were so, so, so bad, like historically bad last year as an offensive unit. But it's like, I'm more excited to watch the offense this year than I am the defense even because I just can't wait to see. I feel like they're improved everywhere um, with the addition of Sean Payton and then some of these free agent guys that they brought in. Like, I really don't feel like they have huge, I mean, Russell Wilson to each their own, but I... I really don't feel like they have huge holes on this offense, like any glaring needs besides maybe center. And what, then if, if you can count running back too, if Javante Williams, not healthy.
0: One thing before we get to roster predictions here, uh, uh schedule predictions here. I know Brad brought it up, but please don't call me crazy. But I do think there is a chance that if Russell Wilson comes in and in the first four weeks they start slow, if if they have a really terrible September like they're one to do, and start one and three, I do think they paid a lot of money for Jared Stidham. I do that think was there, so weird. I do think there is a real chance that Jared Stidham starts meaningful games for them this year if Russell Wilson is bad.
1: Yeah. I don't. So, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Sorry. Give me just a second.
0: No worries. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it, it's just been, you know, it, you know, it's, it's just something I, I kind of think might, might be happening whenever you're ready here. I, I can pause the recording if we need to.
1: No, sorry. Um, I was just, um.
0: no, it's all good. Uh, We can just go into the schedule preview really quick. So and, what and I was, about I'm
1: really interested in, they actually have, like, I like their schedule this year and they're, their beginning of the season schedule is, I'm not gonna say super soft, but it's like Raiders should be an easy win.
0: Okay, like let's, their first let's four. Let's just games... go week by week here. Raiders, I I've been tossing on that one. I do think there is a chance, for the Raiders just show up in week one and say, "Oh yeah, we want to embarrass the Broncos. Let's just win this game."
1: Right, but can they? Like, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks.
0: It would be uh, so their funny. head coach he,
1: is not good.
0: Here's a thought I had recently that I'd like to share now publicly. Wouldn't yeah. it be really, really funny if Jimmy G just got hurt in week one? Wouldn't that just be like
1: if he even plays, he's already hurt. Yeah. So like Okay, okay,
0: I'll give a Broncos for win there. I think you're right on
1: that. Like, one. where are the Raiders even like they're clearly tanking? Where are they good outside of Devontae Adams and then their edge rushers? No. Like I they're mean, not good anywhere. They that's have true. a below average roster. I'm so yeah, I'm over the Raiders. They're in a yeah
0: the Washington commanders that one's tough to me but it's at home so I give it to the Broncos
1: I I think Ron Rivera is past his which is weird saying this he's past his prime as a head coach um, I don't think he was ever really that good of a coach I think he was kind of carried by MVP cam um, in his heyday Washington they've got a huge question mark at Sam Howell <laughs> like What are they doing at quarterback? They have some really good receiving threats. Their defense has the potential to be really good. But yeah, no, that's a W for me as well. I think the Dolphins bring the first real challenge. to The Broncos, I have that as a loss as well. Um, Especially if Tua's healthy. The Dolphins are really, really good.
0: The Bears are at home. I don't buy Bears hype personally. But But Chicago. At home, I think I'm taking the Bears to be honest with you.
1: So I have this as a W. Um, I don't buy the Justin Fields hype either. Like he can run around for 200 yards a game, but they didn't win when he did that. Yeah, Their defense still sucks. They did improve their offense a little bit at the receiver room and, uh, you know, running back and whatever. But uh, I don't know. The Bears are a really interesting team. I don't like their coaching staff either. I had this as a W for Denver, but it's like, I guess, yeah, because it is in Chicago. I don't know. I I have a hard time thinking, like, if this, if this Broncos season goes how it quote-unquote should, they're not going to lose to the Bears. But I, I will say, if they do lose to the Bears, that's kind of, at that point, that's when you kind of say, like, okay, something's up with the Broncos.
0: Jets... In mile high, I'm sorry, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I think he's. I think we're getting the Aaron Rodgers respect me tour at points this year, and it feels like the Broncos are an easy punching bag. That yeah. feels. That feels like a nationally televised like Jim Nance, Tony Romo game where uh, Aaron Rodgers just comes into Denver and they score 35 points and the Broncos keep can't
2: keep up.
1: Yeah, and it's very. I think there's a chance that the Aaron Rodgers experiment is going to go. Poorly, similar to what happened with Russell Wilson, but at the same time, like it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, one of the greatest talents we'll ever see play the quarterback position. So it's like, yeah, right now I have it as an L as well. Um, tremendous weapons all around, and they have a good defense, and they have a defensive-minded head coach. So. I I think the Broncos are going to lose to the Jets as well. And the Chiefs. I have back to back L's right there in
0: Kansas City. Can't win there. Come back home. This is where you figure out if you have a good season or not.
1: Yeah. This middle of the season schedule. This is what I was going to say. The middle of the season is pretty interesting because we don't know what the Packers are going to be. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. If the Packers are a halfway decent team, then yeah, this is a good kind of measuring stick game for the Broncos. So I have this as a win right now. Yeah. Just because I, I don't really believe yep. in Jordan Love and the Packers. But I mean, who knows what can change between now and then, right?
0: Yep. I'm backing up my words to the next week they play the Chiefs at home. I'm taking that as a W. They're, yeah. They're, no, they're, it's, win- they're winning. That's going to happen. It's there's it's, no it's happening this year
1: again if the broncos are doing what they should be doing uh they're going to beat the chiefs this year they have like they've had too many close games within the last two or three seasons that it's it has to happen. yeah <laughs> it has to man bills that loss. one's a loss
0: yeah, yeah unfortunately
1: the bills are too good uh they are I think they kind of have a bad taste in their mouths after their season ended the way it did last year. I think they know that they should be one of the top contenders in the AFC and they know that they kind of disappointed. I think this is going to be somewhat of a revenge tour for the Bills. Um but this is their first time I don't think the Broncos have played Von Miller since they traded him away, so that will be kind of a cool subplot to this game. It sucks that it's going to be at buffalo otherwise then you know the broncos would have a, a really cool tribute video for von miller but anyways yeah lost there
0: broncos vikings vikings best part of their team is a wide receiving core broncos best part of their team is a secondary i'm gonna take for broncos here i'll be honest with you i think the the, the vikings have tilt their hand in the fat past few weeks but they're kind of rebuilding this year and expecting to take a step back i'm taking the broncos here
1: I'm going to this game, so I'm really stoked.
0: Oh, that's sick, dude. I'm hoping I get yeah. to the Chiefs game. Uh, yeah.
1: Um I, I have this as an L just because Oh, okay. I don't know. And it was I didn't think too much about it, but now that I'm thinking about it, the Vikings defense is really bad. So if the Broncos have an average offense, like I'm hoping, plus an above average defense, then yeah, this should be a Broncos win, actually. Um but I don't. I just the the Vikings were a good team last year. Um, I, I this could go either way. This is super super close for me. I have it down as an L. It just feels like a game the Broncos are going to lose. I guess, which is weird to say, but it, I definitely wouldn't be surprised with either outcome here.
0: The Browns. I'm starting to be of the opinion that the Browns are going to be good this year. Are I'm, you? S- I'm starting to become a person that believes that opinion is maybe correct. So I'll, I'll give the Browns for win here. That's So this is
1: where we're flip flopped a little bit. I'm not a believer in the Browns. Um, I Deshaun Watson didn't look good last year. And of course he was rusty um, with, you know, not playing for a year plus having all the off season drama and whatever. So we'll see what he looks like this year, um, having a full off season and whatever. I know they have they've got some really nice weapons. Nick Chubb is always good. I don't know what their defense is going to look like. They fired their defensive coordinator because they were pretty bad last year. Um this is in Denver against the Browns. So I I don't know. I with the Browns I'm like I'm not going to believe it until I see it, you know. Okay. They cool. have they have all the potential in the world to be a good football team. They definitely do, but until they actually prove it to me, I'm not on the train.
0: Yeah. All right. I kind of got a rapid fire of the rest of this here really quick. Uh, yeah, but we yeah, can go Kind ahead. of go back and forth. Chiefs, uh, Chargers, Broncos. It feels like the most embarrassing loss of the Broncos season last year was that Chargers game. I kind of think this year there's going to be an emphasis on try to dominate your division rivals that aren't the Chiefs. I low-key think there's a chance for Broncos might sweep the Chargers this year. I don't know if you feel the same way, but... I know the Chargers are really good. I know they have a new offense. I like Justin Herbert. I'm a closet Chargers fan. You know this. Everyone knows this. Yeah. But part of me inside right now in June really thinks the Broncos are going to sweep the Chargers.
1: Well, and it's funny because the Chargers are always, you know, high potential. They're going to be so good this year, blah, blah, blah. And then the end of the season comes and it's always disappointing for whatever reason. So I wouldn't be surprised.
0: The Lions, that's a big game. Uh towards the end of the season I'm I'm pretty up on the lines I'm gonna take the lines it's at Ford Field I'll take the lines
1: me too yeah
0: hold on sorry my page just refreshed here I gotta get back to the Broncos schedule really
1: Patriots quick. are next um versus Patriots in Denver that should be a win yeah it's um, a W I'm out on Mac Jones
0: oh I, I don't know how I feel about I, Mac Jones yet to be honest I think Bill you.
1: O'Brien at offensive coordinator is a, a good thing for the Patriots but They just they have nobody on offense that that really, you know, scares anybody.
0: (laughs) Week 17 Chargers at home. But momentum's rolling at this point in the season. We both believe they'll be around eight and seven, seven and eight. They want to get that winning record. I think that's a guaranteed W. I think they win at home against the Chargers for sure.
1: Yep, and then closing the season in Las Vegas against the Raiders, that should be a win as well. No, I'm I not doing that. You don't it, think the Raiders are going to be tanking?
0: The Raiders will be tanking, but, like, for Broncos, never. And, I mean, they never, never sweep the Raiders. That's and, true. And, like, I, I think either, either we're wrong on week one, so we'll just make up for it here to me. Yeah. That puts them at 9 and 8. All right. We didn't quite get to 10 wins like I thought so, we might, but I'm I, i going to say I think they end up 9 and 8. What about you?
1: I think that is the most likely outcome. Uh, when I went through and did it, I have marked down here 10 and 7, which feels pretty rich. I think 9 and 8 is more probable. I have their floor at 7 and 10, and their ceiling at 13 and 4. Which are both kind of obviously really that's, that's, that's really, really generous absurd, yeah. but okay that that would be like that would be sweeping the Chargers and the Raiders uh that would be beating obviously some of these teams that they're on the fence um but yeah they're obviously the gimme games that they need to win uh both the Raiders games the Commanders the Bears and the Texans. And then they have about eight games that like really could go either way. And that's going to be what decides their season. And then they've got some tough games too, against the chiefs twice uh, the jets, the dolphins and bills. I do think their schedule this year is easier than it was last year. So that's going to be nice. Um, Ultimately though, I think we'll know by midway whether the Broncos are going to be pushing for playoff contention. As far as if at any point they're going to bench Russell Wilson Oh, I don't know man it is really really weird that they paid Jarrett Stidham so much money Um, I mean I guess nothing is out of the realm of possibility especially with Sean Payton who has
0: I think if they get I think if we get to October and they have a losing record Russell Wilson isn't the quarterback
1: anymore I think October might be a little early but no. considering maybe I don't in know the AFC, they their... in the
0: AFC with how good the conference is you forget that NFL coaches are still always thinking playoffs. Like you can yeah. lose, you can lose a playoff run in October. You got to make a change, man.
1: Plus with, you know, they have their first round pick next year. So that's huge. So maybe they do kind of pull the plug and just say, Hey, let's, uh, dude, worst comes to worst, We suck this year. We get Caleb Williams. I don't think they will be bad enough for Caleb Williams, but I don't think they're any worse than they are last year. no way there's no way they're even close to as bad as they are last year or were last year excuse me but I I mean yeah if they finish with a top 10 draft pick we'll see what happens there but ultimately I I, and I said I always talk myself into the Broncos in the offseason but I'm this is the most excited I've been and it's like backed by actual logic besides being just excited and optimistic like sean payton has me pumped man
0: yeah well christian thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it if you want to plug your social medias and stuff really quick i i know that's important i'll, I'll let you go and we'll go watch this uh, transformers movie and this should be out later today
1: yeah uh see esparza sports on twitter um that's pretty much all i use so go check it out and uh Broncos, baby.
0: Absolutely. I will well,
1: say Broncos country. They're trying to get rid of it. It was corny, but I, I like it. Let's yeah, right, baby.
0: I do like Broncos country as well. Alright, with that, it's been a fun one. We will be back next week with our boy, Dad Boy Wolf, to do our Saints deep dive and talk some more champagne, plus other NFL stuff. And then a week after Bad Josh Newman, which should be fun. Until then, we'll see you later. Peace out.